What's going on, everybody? Before we get started with today's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you sign up today with the GTD Sports link, which you can find in our bio and on our website, you can save up to 70% with a money-back guarantee. So make sure to sign up with the GTD Sports link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got into a top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell and alongside me is Elijah Spann. We are currently live on all platforms, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. It is November 2nd, Tuesday night. We are just coming off of our 50th episode special on Thursday, which huge, huge thank you to everybody that tuned in for that as well. I'm being told now that I need to, oh, yep, yep, yep. All right, there's a fix right there. I probably already sound a lot cleaner. We're just going to keep rolling into the intro. But anyway, we got a great episode planned today. Coming off that big 50th episode special, thank you. Huge thank you to everybody that tuned in. That was by far our biggest podcast episode. I think, Elijah, what are we at now? Like something around 700 views on it? Uh, Last time I checked, it was 600, but we could be up to 700 by now, which is nice. Um, yeah, it worked. I definitely blacked out for like the last like 30, 45 minutes of that two and a half hour podcast. So thanks, guys. <laughs> um, don't remember what I said. So yeah, that was a long one. You went, no, it was a beautiful, uh, emotional rant. It was a, it was a very poetic way to end the podcast. Oh, great, good, good, good. <laughs> but. Yeah, anyway, we got a a great episode planned for today. We got college football talk. The playoff committee just released their first official rankings literally an hour before we went live. So we have our full reactions to that. Going to be talking potential scenarios and whatnot. And then big, big, big news in college football. Gary Patterson and TCU agreed to mutually part ways. This is, if you've listened to us before, you know that we have very heavy ties to TCU. So we're going to go ahead and talk about this in detail a little bit. I think this is it, – it's it's just massive. It's gargantuan for all of college football, not only TCU. But alongside that, we're going to hit a lighter note. We're going to talk about the college football monkey gate with the University of Texas special teams coach. Stay tuned to hear about that. A little bit of NFL, how do you feel, and then rounding it out with love it or loathe it. But first, Elijah, I'm going to hand it off to you for your highlight and low light of the weekend. So I'm going to make it – I just went ahead and did two highlights because we both have the same low light, which is obviously Gary Patterson Gary Patterson leaving, yeah. which we will talk about soon. But uh, my first highlight was Cooper Rush, um, that red-haired ginger man, that son of a bitch, he did it. He won in, he won Sunday Night Football primetime. I think, I think we found the keys to beating Minnesota – if you don't have to, you know, besides like late game kicks, um, is to just start your backup quarterback who's also a ginger because Dallas did it last year. Um, we started Andy Dalton, who was our backup, and beat Minnesota, and then started Cooper Rush, who was another ginge, and ginge, uh, and uh, he got the dub for us. So yeah, that was really great to see. And then my other highlight is me is midweek matching is back. Oh yes, oh yes, and, I can't and wait my, for that. 
Yeah, and my favorite part about Maction is probably just saying Maction, not necessarily watching the games. The games are okay. Um, but they're, just the they're fact trash TV, but they're like that kind of trash TV that you have to watch, you know? Oh, yeah, it's the perfect thing to put on on a Tuesday or Wednesday night because what really do you have going on in your life? Well, I mean, tonight, you know, there's the World Series and whatnot, but... Oh, yeah, well, I mean, like, in general. Yes, no, you're right. In any other week, I am very thankful to have football on the screen of TV. Going back to, though, your first highlight, I wanted to add a point about, like, Cooper Rush got the dub, too, but it was it was a great weekend overall for uh, backup quarterbacks. Like, Mike White of the, the Jets won, and who else was it? There was one more that got a win. It was just Cooper Rush and Mike White. I swear there was one more. Trevor Simeon was another backup. Yeah, didn't make Simeon. his debut. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> he also came in relief. Yeah, but my uh, my highlight really isn't sports related. It's more so just life related. It was Halloween weekend, my last uh, Halloween weekend as a college student. So uh, we went. We went. Yeah, you know, had to had to live it up. Had to enjoy it. Went to a Waka Flocka concert, so that was an interesting sick. experience. And then I hosted a party for the first time, which was also an interesting experience. Um, but actually, you know, the cleanup and everything wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So, Really, for a Halloween party? Yeah, because people were – they were nice. And like five or six people came back over the next day and helped clean up in exchange really? for leftover alcohol. Because, yeah, we had like – we made two giant tubs of punch. And so here's here's the recipe for the punch we did. I'll just do one of them. So for one of them, it was the orange punch for Halloween theme. And right. we did two like big, like two liters, I think, two bottles of Fanta, a giant three liter bottle of Sprite, a bottle of lemonade. Um, and then we had a handle of vodka, a handle of rum, half a handle of Everclear. And then we threw in some lime juice in a singular Red Bull to each one and that okay. was our our concoction for the night um yeah you gotta be you gotta be careful with that everclear man that's how that's how accusations start coming out <laughs> bro no 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 no. we i mean no. we told everybody like everclear is in the punch no so like, i know but i've just i've had parties that i've been to and then my friends were like hey we put like two bottles of everclear in each punch and then the next day um i think somebody was like we got drugged, and it's like, no, you didn't. You blacked out, Becky. Um, you you drank a full cup, and that's all you needed. <laughs> you drink no, you drink like six cups of punch. <laughs> like, dude, we no, all honestly, blacked out. Like one, like one cup though, and you'd be feeling it. Like you'd, you'd be yeah. feeling good. So it's for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but what we had like your, half a tub left over. What was your costume? Oh, me and uh, me and my girlfriend went as an '80s gym couple. You know, okay. so we were wearing a bunch of neon and all that jazz. Nothing too nice. fancy. We kind of did a last minute spirit of Halloween vibe, but yeah. Yeah. Did you do anything for Halloween with your uh, adult life work schedule yeah. now? Saturday night I went out and I was a pedo priest. So I was basically just had a spirit Halloween costume, but I put on gold rim glasses and uh shaved into a little pedo stash <laughs> and a uh, pedo priest. So. All right, well, that works. Did you go out to sixth? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Around there. That area, All right, and then my, uh, my low light is, like you mentioned, agreed. Same thing as you. We're going to talk about it in a sec, but Gary Patterson is no longer the head coach of TCU, which is just, I don't even know, words can't really describe the emotions that are felt towards 
this these this news this decision but we'll get into detail in a, just a second but first staying on the topic of college football the committee who i hate with a dear a burning burning passion i truly despise the college football playoff committee because they are one of the most biased clueless just blatant liars of of all of sports right i just don't like i hate seeing them on tv i hate their representatives i hate all their decision making i could go on and on about how bad they are but let's talk about the actual rankings themselves so starting from the top let's just go ahead and start with the top six because those are the most important we have georgia at number one that was expected i think everybody knew that was coming and then here's kind of a shocker but not really because, it, again, it's the playoff committee and they suck Nick Saban's dick. But Alabama at number two, even though they are a one-loss team right now. We have Michigan State at number three, which I'm actually very happy to see. Oregon at number four, which was a bit of a surprise. And that rounds out the current playoff if the season were to end today. And then the first two out would be Ohio State at number five and Cincinnati at number six. So, what are your initial takeaways from just this top six before we really get into uh, the rest of the rankings? Um, first off, I would just like to say that I'm completely unsurprised that they left Cincinnati out. Um, I knew they were going to do that. I, I knew it. I've, I've been saying it for you know about a couple weeks now that they're not going to respect Cincinnati when this comes out. Um, they're ranked number two in the AP and all the way down to six right here. Um, yeah, the, 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 but we, we've known this. We've known that they don't respect lower conference things. The college football playoff was made to make the power five even sh stronger than they already were. Um, so, yeah, and they, they've just proved that. And as much as we would like to see a smaller school get some love, there is nothing in the world that Cincinnati can do to get into the college football playoff. I think this year – and I mean, I agree with all the points you just made about like how the little guys, they don't give them a shot. But I think this year, the only way um, since I think Cincinnati still does have a route into the champion or into the playoffs, even with the committee's bullshit. And that's only Barely. if Georgia wins out and they beat Alabama in the SEC championship, because I don't think even though the committee is super biased towards them, I don't think you can put a two loss Alabama team coming off a loss like right after a loss into the playoffs i don't think you can do it over an undefeated cincinnati team with a pretty big win over notre dame on the road who's in their current top 10 i agree but then you also have to think about ohio state and michigan state um if ohio state wins out obviously they're in it and then michigan state will be in it or if they went out and then you also have Oklahoma, who's at rank seven. If they go out and win a Big 12 championship undefeated, um, they will probably leapfrog Cincinnati. Oklahoma, yeah. See, Oklahoma is kind of a weird one in this because I don't think my original playoff prediction was Georgia, Bama, Michigan State. I had the top three right, but then I thought number four would have been Oklahoma simply because they're 9-0 and right now in you know what i think as one of the better conferences in the country this mm -hmm. year not so much maybe and they still have to play oklahoma state they still have to play baylor so they still have two of their toughest games left and i i think that's a reason why they're kind of 
lower down right now is because they haven't played the top teams in the conference. Yeah. Um, and they'll kind of do that thing where they're like, oh, well, that was your, your resume got immediately better as soon as you played those teams. So that's why you got leapfrog some shit like that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And yeah, like, I, I, like the situation though with Ohio state too, that's another interesting thing because like, I mean, Michigan state, Ohio state and Michigan are all in the top seven. And those are all three big 10 East teams. They're, they're not all just in the big 10. They're in the same division of the big 10. So only one of those teams is going to the big 10 championship. And only one of those teams is going to be an actual playoff contender. Oh yeah. True. Because it's not even like they're going to face each other in the Big Ten Championship. What's crazy is after all this madness, bro, right now the Big Ten Championship would be Minnesota against like Ohio State or Michigan State. The The okay. Big Ten West is like crazy weak because it's Minnesota in first. They're 4-1 and one in conference. Then Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. And then Purdue is above Iowa because they beat them. And so Iowa's in right. fourth in the Big Ten West. Wow. It's kind of okay. crazy. Yeah, but then it's still – they'd still be a, the champion of the second-best conference in um, in college football. So it would still count for a lot. I don't think uh, – I don't think that there's um, – you know – I don't think that I think there's going to be a clear and cut winner and with a max one loss at the end of it, because you either have Ohio State or Michigan State who are going to play each other. And if Michigan State wins, then there's no way that they lose to Wisconsin or whoever. And then Ohio State's probably rolling. And I'm I'm sorry for your Michigan prediction, but um, I think Michigan's season is just is just going to turn out to just be a really, really good one instead of a great one. You know, it, they might end up burning out in classic Michigan fashion. Yeah, just I mean, based on the way they choked the the Paul Bunyan game, yeah, that was that was not fun to watch. Even though Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker had himself a day, but um, with with this Big Ten situation, I think no matter who comes out, because it would be interesting now if Michigan State beat Michigan, and then Michigan beats Ohio State, but then Ohio State beats Michigan State. Then all three of them have one loss. That makes everything even crazier. I mean, the odds of that happening are very unlikely, mm-hmm. but it is entirely possible with the way the Big Ten has been panning out this year. So that is that's something that's definitely going to shake up in the next few weeks, even. So there's no way there's going to be three Big Ten East teams like actually in consideration long term. Yeah. But there's no way. What's even crazier, I think, than that is the Pac-12. Not so much their conference as a whole, but Oregon at number four. I did not see this coming whatsoever. Yeah, um, they've just, I mean, they had that stumble against Stanford, but they've been winning games since then, um, which was like, what, three or four weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, And, you know, they had a tough game against UCLA, but they came out on top. Um, but I could still see Oregon is dropping another game. I could too. I mean, especially because the Pac-12 has such a tendency to beat itself up and screw it out of the screw themselves out of the playoffs. But but I do think that this having Oregon at four right now is a college football playoff. Saying if Oregon wins out, they're in. That that is true. You're right. I do think that that is like basically their way of saying. Yeah, I think that's what they're saying here because 
I mean, that's kind of like a big complaint is that the Pac-12 hasn't been able to get in for a while. And so, I don't know, maybe they're trying, college football is trying to, you know, tap into that West Coast market a little bit more by putting Oregon at four and putting some more buzz around the area in the region that is the West Coast would be a reason for doing that as well. Because I really do think that college, the, the CFP considers that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, like, and I don't think it's the worst, most atrocious decision that the committee has ever made. But all I know is that they're full of shit. And, uh, and uh, we're just going to continue to scrutinize their rankings week after week. Yeah, no, I, I will never get tired of shitting on and just completely disagreeing with the committee's rankings. And I mean, they've been doing a bad job for seven years now, but this all around, I agree with you that this Oregon ranking wasn't terrible. Like, I'm honestly not super upset about it. It was just a little bit unexpected based it, on what they have done in the past, you know? It isn't like, I don't think it's like a great spot to put them in, but like, I'm not, I don't think it's egregious, you know? Yeah, uh, no, it's really not. I mean, they're a good football team, that, but they just, they don't have CJ Vernell either, who is considered, you know, their best player, depending on your perspective. You could say Anthony Brown, but Verdell was a Heisman candidate Th- early Thibodeau. season. Oh, Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, but. Um, here's one thing I want to think about too, though, is what about Wake Forest in the ACC? Bro, I've what been, they, I've been waiting to finish talk out Wake Forest. What if they finish out undefeated? Dude, there is so many situations right now that could potentially pan out. It's like, it, it's so much fun as a football fan, even though, you know, our team is completely out of the mix. But yeah, Wake Forest is the underdog I am rooting for. I, I think Sam Hartman, their quarterback, is an absolute beast. He's launched himself into the, I think he's like number six right now in the Heisman rankings. So good for him. Uh, they're they're balling out. They have no defense whatsoever, but it doesn't matter whenever your offense can put up seventy points a game. Yeah, no. <laughs> what they put up against Army? What was that score line? S- seventy to fifty six. Yeah, that's nuts. Bro, um, and Army is like famous for playing games that are twenty five. You know, twenty four combined points. That's it. You know, like they're always super low scoring. But Wake Forest was just dropping seventy yard plays left and right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like would a, would an undefeated Wake Forest team lose out in a situation where it's, um, Alabama wins out and then you have a one loss Georgia and a one loss Bama. Does the, as the committee put both of Georgia Bama in and probably Ohio state, let's just say Ohio state, um, or Michigan state, those two are interchangeable, I would say. And then. Oregon, you know, would they get put in over Oregon or would they get put in over, um, you know, Oklahoma too? You have to factor in Oklahoma. So would an undefeated yeah, dude, ACC shit, championship, bro. ACC championship get left out for two SEC spots? I think they actually might. And it's also has to do with the fact that they're Wake Forest, because if you were to put, you know, an undefeated ACC championship with an orange logo that's a paw print, Clemson, they'd be in the top four immediately. So right. I think Wake Forest, they're still a little bit skeptical of them, which is fair because Wake Forest kind of just came out of nowhere this year. So, ah, damn, that's that's tough. There are so many potential situations that can come out of this. Like, we've already talked about the Big Ten, and that's going to shape itself out. But, yeah, that that Alabama and Georgia game, 
because I can already tell that's probably what's going to happen is both teams are going to win out and Bama's going to win the SEC championship game and they're both going to have one loss and the committee is going to want to put them both in. But if that happens, then yeah, like you said, if Oregon wins out, because Oregon and Wake Forest, their situation is completely unrelated to the SEC and Big Ten, like nothing will be affected there. So they could literally win out. Wake Forest could win out. And then that's two conference champions, one only with one loss. And I mean, based on the way they're ranking Oregon right now, they would want to put him in. So then would you put those two teams over a, a potential one loss Big Ten champion? Which is and, yeah, and that's not even a... mentioning that's not even thinking about an undefeated Cincinnati. There's fucking right. who's an afterthought at that point. Yeah, you're right. I I honestly now that we're even like opening it up to like the Wake Forest conversation a little bit more, that just makes me think. Cincinnati's completely done for. Yeah. There really probably is no yeah. route for Cincinnati to get in. Um, and then like, you know, if we have five, you know, undefeated slash one loss conference championships, conference champions in the power five, like who gets left out? Probably the ACC, right? I would say so personally, if, if Wake Forest if wins Wake out. Forest. If Wake Forest wins out and Oregon wins out, I would put Wake Forest in over Oregon. Okay. Oregon has okay. that one loss, and it was an unranked opponent. So, mm. But I they think, also have the best win. That's true. That's true. I mean, looking like Wake Forest, their best win was probably – you can't really say they have a great win. I mean, they beat Syracuse in overtime. They beat Louisville by three. So honestly, yeah, I, I would say that's tough, man. That's really hard because you're right. The ACC looks incredibly weak this year with no Clemson, with no yeah. UNC. They're a weak conference. Looking at their schedule, I'm not very confident that um, Wake Force is going to finish out the season undefeated. We're just kind of talking for shits and gigs right now. They may, bro. I mean, I don't know. I really think that I think they're better Crazier than Crazier things have happened. I think they're better than they're UNC, not. which is who they play this weekend. Yeah, I think they're better than UNC too. UNC four and four, man, what a disappointment! I know, that is. dude, what a big disappointment. And then, you know what? I could see them. Oh, that's at home. NC State would have been a guy that would have been a team that I could see them losing to. Um, Clemson, no. Clemson is just. In shambles and uh yeah, Clemson. And then dude, they covered. Did you see their cover this weekend? Yeah, dude, that was ridiculous. Oh my god, bro. I was ecstatic. So I forgot the exact situation, but I think they were up by like by They're up by three. Yeah, okay. So they were up by three. Three point game. Or, or no, they're up by four. They're up by four because they covered okay, they by, by one four. point. And it was a nine point right. spread. Yeah, up by four. Um I forgot who they're playing, but they were running a last second play. They're playing Florida to, State. Yeah, for FSU. So FSU was trying to do like a hook and ladder type last second play. Um, ended up fumbling it, and Clemson ran it back as time expired to cover the spread of minus nine, which was their that first was a, cover of the season. Dude, I actually had uh I mean I I had it as a pick, but thank God I didn't have any actual money on it because I would have thrown a brick through my TV. Yeah, because I know um, we had that one on uh Taylor Fade. Taylor Fade. That was one of my picks. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I was like, thank God I didn't put money on that. Uh, nah, but just this, uh, I, I think overall, 
looking just top to bottom all the way from one down to 25, this might be legitimately one of the all around worst playoff rankings that we've seen from the committee. Um, and mm-hmm. usually they differ from the AP poll, but this was pretty drastic. I think we've talked about the top six enough. Let's talk about the rest of them. So like, yeah, there were six, I think is six. Yeah. Six teams that are ranked in the AP top 25, not in the college football playoff. And that is one of them is super aggravating an eight and O UTSA team. I don't care what conference they're playing in. They're eight and O they deserve a low ranking. They're number 16. In the AP poll didn't get a ranking here. Another one is Houston at number 20, number 21, coastal Carolina. Number 22, Penn State, which is actually kind of shocking for the committee. Number 23, SMU. And number 24, Louisiana. And uh, do you notice a trend there, Elijah, with those teams? Yeah, they're all Power 5 teams. You group of five. Oh, yeah, that are that got left out? Yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, yeah, like the teams that replaced them. They're all group of five teams. And I mean... I get that argument, but then I find it pretty uh, pretty weird that they decided to still stick in Fresno State and San Diego State at 23 and 24. It, it seems like the committee has a weird form of respect for the Mountain West, yet they just completely disregard the American Athletic Conference. I, I mean, even Cincinnati. I was going to say outside of Cincinnati, but they still disrespect Cincinnati. Yeah, it's interesting because you have like UTSA is undefeated. Fresno State has two losses. Houston's seven and one, right? And they're still yeah, number 20. Yeah, they just bumped up because they beat SMU. Right. Who's, you know, really, really good and, you know, plays in the American Athletic Conference and then show no love in the college football playoff, which I think, you know, in terms of just like, pure you know how good a team is is i think might be even bigger disrespect than utsa being left out but it's crazy to me that a team ranked 16 undefeated in the ap is completely left out of the college football playoff ranking yeah like there's usually some differences but i mean that's pretty that's pretty major that's a pretty pretty polar opposite yeah and then even just some of the lower rankings too like i get I'd say I agree with uh, 11 through 18, you know, with like Kentucky at 18, Oklahoma State, Baylor at 11 and 12. That makes sense. But then you get to number 20 and we have Minnesota, who is six and two on the year, haven't played anybody. And one of their losses is a home loss to Bowling Green, despite being 30 point favorites. That's Mm. a ranking I really don't understand. And I get it that because they're, I guess, right now slated to go to the Big Ten championship game. But then I also don't get right behind them Wisconsin at number 21. They're five and three and have looked absolutely abysmal on offense. Like they cannot get a first down to save their life. Yeah. I mean, they, they did have two weeks in a row now where they got in the dub, but still. Wisconsin ranked and leaving out um, UTSA, Houston, Coastal, SMU, and Louisiana is just atrocious. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I would actually like to see, you know, a matchup of Wisconsin, who is a complete defensive team, against one of the, you know, unique 
offensive schemes like SMU or Coastal Carolina out of the group or five. Because, I mean, they just put up like 50 points a game no matter who they play. So, like, that, you know, sure, they're a group of five team, but I feel like they could actually compete with, a you know, a team like Wisconsin this year. Coastal? Yeah, like Coastal or SMU. I feel like they could compete with Wisconsin yeah. this year. Houston, dude. Houston's good, man. But I, I like their I like their coach. What was his name? Old guy he used to do for um, – Holgerson, Dana Holgerson. Ah, yeah, Holgerson with the bald spot that looks like a perm flying around everywhere. Yep. Yeah, classic. Love that guy. I was kind of surprised when he took that Houston job. Yeah, he had falling out at West Virginia, and, you know, Houston's still in Texas recruiting. It's a good program. Yeah, but speaking of coaches, I think that really wraps up all of our college football playoff reactions, unless you have any last-minute comments, concerns. Nah, let's move on. Let's talk about GPAP. Yeah, so staying on the topic of uh, coaching changes, as we mentioned before, Gary Patterson, long, long, long-time head coach of the TCU Horned Frogs. We're talking over 20 years as the head coach, which is something you rarely hear about in modern college football. He had the second longest tenure in the nation. I'm tr- I'm blanking on who he is behind. Mark Ference for Iowa. Yes, yes, nice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad day and we're not just saying that because we're both horned frogs, but it, it's a sad day for all of college football. I mean, Gary Patterson is thought very widely known as one of the greatest defensive minds that college football has ever seen. Sure. He had a bad last couple of years. His defense wasn't what it used to be. Doesn't matter. Take it with a grain of salt. He still revolutionized parts of the game. He still educated generations of future coaches. You saw Baylor coach uh, Dave Aranda came out saying that he used to study Gary Patterson's defensive schemes, just watching tape on his phone when he was uh, first becoming a coach. Like Guys look up to Gary Patterson in this, this industry, and it's just crazy to think that it's like actually real. This is actually yeah. happening. Lincoln Riley actually just – made some comments about um, Gary Patterson being fired and also Matt Wells for Texas Tech saying that, you know, Gary Patterson being fired um, and not having in the Big 12, especially midseason is just, he said that was so foreign to me and he 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 really had a big issue with it. So that's another um, thing to point out there. Uh, and it, it sucks because like all of my cognizant life and yours too, um, watching TCU football, it's been GPAT. It's been Gary Patterson. Um, you know, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton years, Trayvon Boykin years, you know, uh, even back in the LT days, man, LT days, man. Um, just everything. It's all been GPAT, you know? Um, and then we, we, we were like a nothing program and he turned this into relevancy, he turned it into a nationally recognized name, not just in the realm of football, but his Rose bowl has done more things for the school than, you know, any one event has ever has for, you know, my alma mater TCU. So him leaving and being fired is just really, really, um, it's, it was sad. And it felt like, you know, I'm losing, uh, somebody that I knew, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's really weird to think about it like that, but just like kind of the emotional reaction was very similar to, I don't know, kind of, lose not to compare gp to an animal but i mean it was like kind of losing like a family pet or like even like a high school breakup that kind of feeling after that i don't know it was just like 
I felt like I thought would always be around. Yeah. You know, like a celebrity death, like a really, really sad celebrity death. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, why is this decision affecting me like this? You know? Um, And, and uh, yeah, man, it's just all, you know, going to TCU games with my grandpa, stuff like that. And just, it's always been, it's always been Gary Patterson. And so it's sad to see him go. Um, Is he going to, is he going to continue coaching? Yeah. Yes. So actually, um, it's interesting how this all went down a little bit. I was, I was, you know, I went to the press conference today, got a little bit of inside scoop on it all. Um, and both a, and J- the athletic director of TCU, Jeremiah Donati, and our new interim head coach, uh, Jerry Kill, both said, like, without a doubt, they're very confident that Gary Patterson will be coaching somewhere else, that he, he's not done. Because this wasn't necessarily a direct firing of Gary Patterson, because like you've said, this the timing of this is almost what's the most surreal part. Because you would like to think with a legacy as great as Gary Patterson had, you want to get the storybook ending. Uh, you know, but sometimes the magic runs out before the final chapter. And that's, that's what happened in this case. And I was very surprised to see it happen mid season. I thought for sure, if they were going to move on, they would do it at the end of the year, but, and that's kind of what they tried to do. So Jeremiah Donati met with Gary Patterson, informed him that they would be moving on at the end of the season. And they asked him to stay on as head coach until the end of the season, kind of like coach O was doing at LSU. And they wanted GP to actually stay at TCU and take on an administrative role. So not on the sideline, but something still involved with the program and the athletics department, but more so in the suit and tie box office role of everything. Mm -hmm. And Gary Patterson was not interested. He said that he felt it would be in the best interest of the team if he were to step down immediately and not finish the season, which – Interesting decision, but I mean, I respect it. GP probably knows best, and he declined the job offer and agreed to mutually part ways so that there's no contract binding him from searching for another job. Yeah, that's wow, that's crazy. And another thing that's interesting too, he's that sitting at 180 wins or 181. Yeah, 181. Um, and so I, I just think it sucks that he wasn't able to get win number 200 with the program. That would have been- I know. I thought about that, too. It was so close. Only a few more seasons he would have been there. Yeah. I mean, if, if we would have been finished able to turn around, if he'd have been able to turn around, he could have gotten in, in realistically three. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. And that's another thing, too, is turning it around and everything. This has by far been really just – we have not met any expectations we had for TCU. And the irony of it is, like you said, GP literally built this program. Without Gary Patterson, there is no TCU football that we know today. There is no Big 12. There is no profitable athletics program for TCU. I mean, he really did so much just beyond football. Yeah, we were, nothing, we were literally a dog shit program. Yeah, and so the irony of it all is that he built up these expectations and now he's getting fired because he's not meeting his own expectations that he has provided for the team. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of ironic, but I think I think it was time. It, it did seem after the West Virginia game was the first time I had really thought about it because I have been defending Gary Patterson since the moment I stepped on campus. I've been telling people, you don't understand. This guy's a fucking legend. Like, this guy is one of the greatest of all time. Like you don't know football if you don't realize that. 
And then it really got time where I was like, okay, it seems like, it seems like it might be time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got more closer and closer to it this season, but I was always kind of like, well, he did kind of make us. So maybe they'll give him some extra time, but I guess he was already on that extra time. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And I think another thing that has to do with it too is I was reading, you know, potential uh, ESPN article talking about, you know, naming some of his potential replacements and the guy that wrote it, said that, you know, TCU might be a really, really desirable place with a lot of expectations nationally um, for coaches around because UT and OU are leaving the Big 12. And so TCU is in the center of this DFW recruiting hub and might be, could be the next big dog in the Big 12. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think this is actually, in the grand scheme of things, this is perfect timing because you're always going to take a hit in a coaching transition unless I mean, there's miracles. There's very there's the oddities out there of just smooth, perfect transitions to a better, bigger, better team. But you're expected to lose recruits. A few guys are probably going to transfer. We're going to lose a couple assistant coaches. There's there's going to be growing pains in this transition period. But I would much rather that be right now. Than whenever the new Big 12 is formed with Cincy UCF, because TCU, you're right, 100% has the capability and the opportunity of establishing themselves as the top dog of the conference. It's between them, Oklahoma State, and Baylor, and I think I think TCU is ahead of Baylor, and Oklahoma State's playing a new brand of football. They're getting used to it, so I don't know. I think it's good timing for us to make the switch. Gives us time to really adjust. If we do make the right hire, if not, we're fucked either way. So yeah. it really comes down to the hire. Who do you want it to be? Good question. Um, so uh, this is – it's just uncharted territory for TCU. I mean, in the past two decades, never had to consider a coach. So, like, I don't know what to think. I'm, I have unrealistic options and more realistic options. So – my unrealistic options in my dream would be Coach O from LSU. I want to hear Go Frogs, baby. That would be sick. It'd be electric. Um, that but might I, be a little unrealistic. I don't know though, because if you want to talk in the Big Twelve, he might be looking for a rebound. He Coach O would definitely use this for a stepping stone to get back in the SEC. But whatever, Coach O can use this however he wants to. He can use this awesome. as a as a as a towel for. You know, <laughs> for some unexplicable acts but um, i don't think tc would ever consider it though based on his recent antics they don't want any of that apparently dude i heard that you know with some of the coach o stuff it might not be as accurate some of that reporting might not be 100 percent true yeah i did hear like the bringing kids to practice wasn't confirmed and, and that the wife was pregnant i think he still might have hit on a wife but she was not pregnant Okay, so I guess the details are mixed up in there. So if I mean if that's one, if that all that's getting mixed up, then I'm not really sure what entirely to believe with all that. Um, but I mean, well, Coach, ironically, Coach O is like a name I haven't heard for any vacancy. I haven't heard him talked about the USC job at all. Well, that's because he was already the interim coach at USC, and then they didn't offer him the job, and he's really salty about it. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, so Coach O would be my unrealistic choice because I don't think TCU would hire him, but that would be electric. And then my other unrealistic option, 
and I this would be a dream come true is I want Lane Kiffin in a TCU polo on the sidelines. Give that man $10 million a year. I don't care what it takes. Pull him away from the SEC and let him run his offense, bro. Just let him do his thing. That's definitely a lot more realistic than Coach O. You think uh, it's more realistic to get Kiffin, really? More unrealistic to get Kiffin. Oh, okay. I was about to say, yeah, unrealistic. No, yeah. Kiffin, because uh, I would argue that probably Ole Miss might be a better job than TCU. Um, I would disagree. I think they're similar. I don't you, it, it depends on your perspective because no, you can argue SEC. So That's what I'm saying. Um, I think if he leaves Ole Miss – He'll probably go to like LSU or something, so he could because he's That's in true. his mind he thinks he can win national championships. He does, and hey man, he could do it with TCU, bro. I would love that, but TCU's not looked upon like one of those places where you could do it. LSU is. I I agree, and that's why they're my unrealistic options. But my more realistic options, I again have two: is uh, Sony Dykes, the current SMU coach, who has been rumored as kind of the front runner in the Frogs search. Um, Sonny Dykes, yeah. he has turned the SMU program around. Uh, he's turned them into a, a top 25 team. Uh, their offense is explosive. I love what they do. He's done a fantastic job at recruiting, brought in some big-name transfers like Tanner Mordecai at quarterback. So he has the DFW ties. And it would also be a slap in the face to our little brothers you know, across the street in Dallas. True, true. I true, would love true. that. And then my last option would be uh, the Louisiana coach, Billy Napier. Another offensive-minded coach has completely revitalized the Rage and Cajun, like took them from, uh, I think it was like a 26 and like 50-something record in the 12 years before he got there, and now they're like 36 and 10 or something. So he's done a fantastic job. He's Another main reason he's on my list is because I want an offensive-minded coach. Uh, in the press conference today, too, our athletic director said he was asked, like, are you guys going to be considering schemes? Like, are you going to be looking defensive, offensive? And he basically responded, like, well, I don't, I don't think it would make sense to go in the same direction as we did with Gary. So basically he was hinting they want to look for offense. And that I like that. I mean, that's the modern game. Yeah. What about you? What are your yeah. – uh, your choices. Uh, I think Jeff Trailer for uh UTSA would be a cool option potentially. Uh UTSA like is a program that began in 2002. So, um they're very young and they've been very bad since they've been, you know, concepted and uh this is the first time that they've ever been good. So, if we can get a guy like that who can turn a program around, that'd be cool. Um and then but really I'm not necessarily too picky I just want a name to get excited about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I hope that I'm not let down and it's some like random coach that we never even thought of before. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. I want it to be a hot commodity of some sort. Right. I want it, I want it to be a known name. Yes. So, and if it's not, I'm going to be extremely, extremely disappointed. And I think Jeff Trailer is definitely a hot commodity right now and is a known name because of what he's done with UTSA. The only thing that makes me nervous about that hire is one, he just signed a ten mil a ten year contract, yeah. and so, so we'd have I don't to. Think so. We would have, well, they left a buyout clause, a first year buyout clause. So if we were to pay them seven point five million dollars, he's ours. But 
I don't know if it would be worth it. And also what, what kind of concerns me with trailer is even though he's done amazing at turning around UTSA, TCU doesn't need somebody to revitalize and build up a program. Gary's already done all that. Gary has already turned us into what we are. He built up a recruiting pipeline, built up respect nationally. So we need somebody that can basically just improve upon what we've built, like adjust and make the correct adjustments. Cause I think part of the reason GP struggled was because he was stubborn and kept to his game plan. Wouldn't really adjust to the modern game. And that's what we could do with the new coach, but trailer's exciting. I, I do think he's a good coach and he's yeah. very offensive minded. So right. I don't know. I agree though. I want a big name. I want somebody that, that and Dion, what do you think about Dion Sanders, bro? Why would I not want Deion Sanders? Bro. <laughs> well, because he hasn't really done anything. I mean, he's Coach Jackson State. Whatever. It's Deion Sanders. You're right. Exactly, though. It would be huge for recruiting. Yeah. And, you know, Cowboys fan, Coach Prime. Doesn't let's get, get bro, let's get LaDainian Tomlinson and Deion Sanders as co-coaches <laughs> for TCU. That'd be cool. Uh, Best recruiting well, class ever. One last thing. Favorite Gary Patterson memory before we – talks in the nfl ah this is um this is very tough for me uh, as you mentioned like you know you've grown up with gary patterson i've i'm the same way i've been going to tcu games since i was one of those little baby infants wearing noise canceling headphones in my mom's arms and so there's so many memories it's it's hard to choose but i'm gonna go with the most probably the most basic option the most famous option it was the rose bowl game I, I was at the game. I, I will never forget just looking around me and seeing a sea of red, uh, just thinking, how the fuck did little old TCU make it here? Um, and after the game, after we won, random strangers just coming up to me on the street like, dude, we just won the Rose Bowl. Like it, nobody could believe it. It was just an unforgettable feeling. And that's all thanks to GP. So that's mine. What about you? Um. Yeah, Rose Bowl is definitely one of them. I'll never forget eating Panda Express and watching that fourth quarter. Uh, <laughs> uh, but for me, it'd be a, a game that I was at is the Alma Bowl against Oregon um, and him changing uh, shirt his shirt from black to purple at halftime to make that comeback. And then he said he'd never wear a black shirt again, which he lied because he wore yeah. black shirts plenty of times after that. But yeah. it was funny in the moment and it was cool. And it was an awesome game because it was 31 to nothing at halftime. And we came back and won it in triple overtime. Um, and I was there for all of it. And I remember the play that we scored our first touchdown. It was fourth and long. We had Brom Kohlhausen starting because Trayvon Boykin was out. I called him the Kalachi maker because his name sounded like he'd make Kalachis <laughs> for like some – uh, Eastern European bakery. Um, and I told, I looked at my grandpa, I was like, let's leave. And he goes, no. And I was like, come on, dude. Like we're in San Antonio. We got to go home. And he was like, if they score a touchdown on this play, then they're not leaving. And he threw it. And then sure enough, touchdown TCU. We stayed TCU dub. It was awesome. So yeah, I was at that game too. And I remember my, my brother at halftime when it was 31 to zero, my brother was just like, why did we even come? Like, this was such a waste of money. And then we're like, shut up, Blake. Watch the game. And then we fucking won that thing. Yeah. Oh, good times. Yeah, that good was time. that was also top there. Top, like, up there and one of the best. Right. Okay. NFL. How do we feel? Bengals lost to the Jets. 
Uh, yeah, I'll take this one um, because I'm I'm a little. I mean, basically, to answer your question, how do I feel? I feel sad. I don't I don't know how else to <laughs> how else to put it. The Bengals were yeah. eleven and a half point favorites. This was kind of a game that myself and other Bengals fans had written off as an easy dub. I thought we were going to six and two, going to stay on top of the AFC. I thought life was great. Um, my my time on top of the world was very short lived, and it's back to Bengals fan, back to being normal Bengals shit. I, <laughs> I do think though, one thing I want to say is I think the Jets are better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. That game, they it wasn't the Bengals playing bad. I mean, the Jets played a hell of a game. That was probably Robert Sala's best game coached ever. Mm. Like they did everything right. Their two wins are against two pretty good teams which exactly is weird. it's weird it's weird so we're um, just gonna pull a titans now and we're gonna go on a win streak after that yeah that'd be chill yeah that was that was definitely surprising when i saw that but mike white do you see his tweet he loves his white receivers oh god what did he say he said i love my white receivers and all oh that he literally tweeted that yeah but it was what like let's play on words i think because what is mike white his wide receivers yeah well, either way they're his white does yeah, 405 yards. You see that bet? Yeah, dude. Somebody put like a thousand dollars to win like 126 grand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. nuts for him to be yeah. like the leading passer of the week. Yeah, good for that guy. Yeah, good. But bad for the Bengals secondary shit. Bad for the Bengals secondary. Okay, yeah. I will say though, we got fucked though. Actually, it was third and eleven with two minutes left. We were down by three. We stop him behind the line of scrimmage, and then the refs call unnecessary roughness. Give him a free first down. Let them run out the clock. Like, oh, my God, that was frustrating. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Von Miller is now a Los Angeles Ram. I feel weird. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Uh, I mean, sure, it's cool that Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Von Miller are all on the same defense. But I think every NFL fan knows that Von Miller doesn't even want to be in Los Angeles right now. Von Miller wants to be in Denver still. So that's where his, his head and his heart lies. So I think this is just weird. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Rams just really don't give a shit about draft picks. I was about to say something similar. Yeah. Cause they kind of just shoveled him up. I mean, what was the, what were the picks? Do you know? I forget the exact numbers. It was, it wasn't yeah, first it was day, a- second day draft picks. It was the second and third this year, or next year's draft. Second I guess. and third round. So like after this offseason. yeah. So, so they're not gonna like... have first, second, or third round. <laughs> I I get it that Von Miller is an eight-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's you know arguably a top linebacker in, of all time in the NFL. But regardless of how good Von Miller is, I just find it kind of weird to think that you could get him for so cheap. You know what I mean? Honestly, but he's old. Was, he's old. Was, yeah, he's old. Um, but like, I would take a second and third round pick over uh, a high first round, like the Rams could have offered. And the first round would have been like years away. And you know, second and third round, like the, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo when he was a hot commodity, only went for one second. So it makes sense. Um, I felt I felt like uh, it was a pretty good trade in terms of value for both teams. Um, I think I think it was the right right pick haul they didn't they didn't overvalue him but they didn't undervalue him because like it's not like stefan gilmore for a sixth you know what i mean it's a second and a yeah third, yeah that's that's you know? true yeah because i mean stefan gilmore probably has had 
a more of a recent impact than Von Miller has. I yeah. mean, when was the last time you really heard of Von Miller making headlines? Well, he was hurt all year last year. But, yeah, uh, true. I mean, he's also in the last year of his contract. So it's be really interesting. I hope the Rams sign him because or else they just wasted a second and a third round pick, especially if they – but they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. Their Super Bowl are bust. Yeah, Rams are going heavy for Super Bowl. And, hey, that helps out my uh, my prediction, you know. Rams, Bills, yeah. and the Super Bowl looking pretty strong right well, now. Well, actually, also now that I think about it, if Vaughn Miller walks, they will definitely get a conditional pick out of it. Probably yeah. a third or fourth round pick. Makes sense. Conditionally. So they're not losing everything if he walks, which is interesting. Um, okay. Next up, Henry Ruggs charged with DUI involving death. This is bad. This shit came out of like, I mean, obviously anything of this magnitude and stuff like that with an athlete kind of comes out of nowhere. But what the fuck? My like to answer the how do you feel? What the fuck? <laughs> that's that's basically what I have to say. I mean, I don't. It's it's hard because yes, they're human. Everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. But how it really, stupid can yes. you be? Yes, it really blows my mind. It blows my mind when people that have this career that are so gifted athletically and just have their the rest of their life cut out for them can just throw it away by doing shit like this. Yeah. Because this could very well ruin the rest of his career. Dude, he's going to go to jail. Like, yeah. He might get involuntary manslaughter. That's fucking... Like wow. jail, jail. Like yeah. prison. Like Michael Vick. Yeah. And I don't think a team would hire him again. I don't think so either. No, I mean, well, especially with as deep as the wide receiver position is and like as replaceable as they are. Yeah. Why would you want to deal with that? But damn, he was their first round pick, bro. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, like, and I know this is said every single time a a guy that is an NFL player gets charged with the DOI. Like, how could you do this when you, you know, there's literally so many ways to get out of it. It was Uber. It happened Monday night. It happened last night. So it was a Monday night. He was out drinking. And it's like, dude, Ubers aren't upcharged on Monday night. You could have got an Uber. I guess he wanted to drive fast. Bro, even um, if they are upcharged, bro, you're making millions a year. Millions a gazillions. You could hire you could hire a personal driver. You could have a bodyguard slash personal. You need a bodyguard anyway this day, at this day and age. Might as well just make him your bodyguard slash driver. Do you know um do you know the story of whether or not it was it like his friend or something in the car? Do you know who was who's the person that died? I have no idea. And I don't feel like speculating. But yeah, another yeah, interesting yeah. thing is that his lawyer uh, believes that Ruggs was not drunk and he was disoriented after the crash because he just got in a car accident. But that might just be lawyer talk. Um, I think that because yeah. it was also like 3.30 in the morning. Um, <laughs> so that is definitely a drinking hour if you're up at That's... 3.30 in the morning and get to a crash. Yeah, we got a comment here that says a lot of teams have personal drivers for their players for this exact reason. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's written in the NFL PA that uh, if you can get to have drivers. Yeah, so what, driver. was he, what was he doing then? You're just a fucking idiot. That's the only way to explain it. You're an idiot. <sighs> well, fucking heart goes out to the family and everybody involved with uh, the death, but that that's just sad and stupid on henry ruggs part so anyway next up the tennessee titans have signed adrian peterson 
and yeah. are planning to elevate him from the practice squad onto the active roster. I I just think that he's just too old to really make a difference. I I do too. Um, I this this is more of a move to just get the fan base excited after the devastating news. Yeah, I think I'm very surprised that Adrian Peterson's still even in the league. Like, I I honestly thought he was gone. I didn't even realize well, he was. Still he was in the gone. League. Oh, he's he back gone. now. Okay. Yeah, so like he didn't. That makes like, more sense. He didn't retire. He just didn't get signed, and he was like, "I'll still play," and then no team didn't want him. So, but now with Henry gone, I, I really do think that this is more of like a PR RB signing than anything. Yeah, but I mean, they they're activating him to the active squad, not just the practice squad. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah. I think uh, probably the backup McNichols will take over on spots. Who I did make a waiver claim for, and uh. In our GTD podcast league, which we lost miserably last week, that was really bad. I don't even want to talk about it. That was a really bad game. We dropped like eighty points against uh, the Blakey Coverage Pod. Where are we at in the waiver wire right now? Honestly, also kind of random. Just wanted to throw this in there. Uh, my Miami Heat just beat your Mavs by fifteen. Oh, uh, cool. We're bad actually. So, yeah, low key, it's kind of been surprising. Meanwhile, the Heat are six and one, and we're fucking killing it. So, <laughs> shit. Oh, also, World Series update: It's six to zero, Braves in the fifth inning. Braves are gonna win the World Series. Holy shit, dude! I'm actually about to put a live bet on the Astros. What are the odds? I'm about to check because if if they were gonna come back, it would be in an elimination game in front of a home crowd. Like, if there was ever a time to come back. And if there was a team to come back against, it would be Atlanta. Let's be honest. Five runs. Oh, tro, 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 tro. They choke. I'm going to feel so bad. If, oh, it's 6-0, actually. All right. So Astros' money line is plus 1,500. Is that worth a $10 play? I mean, I think it is. Go for it. That'd be an electric win. Bro, but I feel like the better, the smarter play would be Astros plus five and a half. Because, like, I feel like they'll bring it closer. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you could just hedge your your uh, little $10 bet. Yeah, actually, that's what, and half. That's, what, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. So that like way that. you just, if you lose it, or maybe, like, put two, you put 20 on that and then put 10. So that way it's just a $10 win. I like Bang. that. I like Bang. that idea. All right, anyway, next up, uh, sticking with the Titans, though, or I guess this kind of has to do with just all of NFL, but Derrick Henry and Jameis Winston are both out for the season. Yeah, I feel like uh, Taysom Hill is going to come in for the Saints um, when he gets over his concussion. Um, That sucks for Jameis because, like, the Saints are a good football team. I think we we found that out this weekend, that they're actually good to beat the – they beat the Bucks, um, so that was surprising uh, revelation because I was kind of discounting them, and I think they're a playoff team, and I still think they can be because they weren't exactly relying on Jameis; they were relying on the running game and the short passing game, um, and limiting his mistakes, which they can do with Taysom Hill. They rolled with Taysom Hill last year for a time, and I think they went three and one or four and zero. Oh. During that I think they've still found some kind of rhythm with Jameis, though. But I, I agree, though. They're still a good team. They'll still win some games regardless. I think if any uh, team that's continuing for playoffs would be um, all right with losing their starter, it was the Saints. 
I mean, you're right because they did almost. I mean, they almost went with Taysom Hill as their starter in the first place. So right. Yeah, once he comes but back, he'll be decent. I feel a different way about Derek Henry missing the rest of the season for the Titans. Yeah, Titans are boned. <laughs> yeah, he's the heart and soul of this team. It's it's probably the biggest non-quarterback injury a team could ever suffer. So, uh, yeah. It's like Christian McCaffrey level. Honestly, even bigger probably. Bigger because their Titans are actually good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be real here. Uh, yeah, man. That's that sucks. He's definitely trying to break the rushing record. Not gonna happen. Um, yeah, just tough, tough break for Nashville. It all, yeah, it also sucks for like all of our predictions because we all had Derrick Henry in the top five for rushing yards, but there's no shot now that he finishes there. True, 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 true. All right, yeah. next up, this is probably my favorite one to talk about. So, how do you feel about Kadarius Tony? saying that he didn't start watching football until two years ago and never um, watches games. Very surprised. Kadarius Tony is an interesting character. He also yeah. He's also a rapper. He's called like um, Young Young something. Let me look this up real quick. Young something. Wow, very, very surprising. Kadarius Tony rap name. But yeah, no, apparently like for some guys that don't, some guys just play football and don't watch it at all. Like when Ryan Tannehill was a rookie and he was drafted, he was on hard knocks and he didn't know like who was in the divisions and conferences. Like he didn't understand like rivalries and shit. He just knew that he played football. Now, I think part of the reason I want to talk about this too is because I think it's uh, this is actually more common than people would think. Um, Cause like one of my, my like best friend from high school plays NAIA football and yet, although, I mean, it's completely different than like playing in the NFL, you would still expect a high level football player to, you know, have a passion, you know, watch the game, keep up with it and everything like that. But no, he, he could care less. Like he, he knows who's good, but he doesn't watch the games. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Like, yeah. It, it's he actually, plays football. Like it's, it's a, he yeah, exactly. He plays football. So I feel like it's, there's a lot more players out there that are like that, which to you know, a football nerd like me seems preposterous, but to somebody that plays the game every day, they don't they don't see a need to watch it sometimes. Right. Or like kind of like it's kind of in that same mindset of people who don't play sports video games. It's like, why would I play sports video games when I could play the actual sport? Yeah. I know a lot of people like that. Oh, yeah. and by the way, Kadarius Tony's rapper name is Young Joka. Young Joka. We got a comment here too that says Kadarius Tony also doesn't have eyebrows. No Do not shit. know that. What a guy. I don't think I like Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Why? It's still from that Cowboys game. And yeah, the fact I mean, that he doesn't have eyebrows. I think he'll be good. I don't, I don't have like an opinion on him as a person, but as a player, I think he'll be good. He finally got his chance and he broke out. So, I mean, he did win me in my fantasy league. Well, actually, no, he only scored seven points, so it'll win anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. And then, holy with- shit. What? He doesn't have eyebrows. Like at all, bro? You see that? Okay. The fuck? Is that, no I mean, honestly, honestly though, that like doesn't look super unnatural though. I mean, that's, am I crazy? That's gnarly. Hold up, he's wearing a cap on this one. It looks a little bit more. Oh yeah, I'm seeing it now. I just I just looked it up too. Uh uh-uh, uh, dude. No way. That's. 
I that mean, I not, don't know though. This needs to be like, talked about more. I feel like it doesn't look that bad. It looks pretty bad, dude. Because like his, he has a very strong bone right here, like a four. I don't know what that's called, but the Why bone structure shit? of his face is very like prominent right here on his forehead. So it's like that line of bone serves as his eyebrows almost. I don't honestly like. I barely even notice it. I'm not vibing with it. Um, okay, next up, Calvin Ridley is taking a mental health break. Um, how do I feel as a fantasy owner? Sad uh, <laughs> and led astray. I mean, you can't can't discount mental health. I don't know exactly what's going on with Calvin Ridley, but gotta hope he's doing okay. Um, I would hope that uh, there's been rumors and talks about him literally retiring from football. So oh, wow. I really, really hope that is not the case. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know how to feel. I, I guess I'm just going to go with my fantasy manager mindset, and I'm pretty bummed. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I was kind of thinking about it when it got announced, and I was like, you know, is this really kind of a message that we want to send out? Is that like, you know, it's you, like you quit um, or you not quit, but it's okay to just like dip out on your job? Because that's his job, right, to play football. He gets paid for it. Yeah, um, send to like kids that you know you can just not go to work whenever you feel like it. But then I went through the thought process of you know like, what if this mental health break saves his life? Yeah, no, I I mean hundred percent. That's why you what, can never never discount it. So it's you know it's, which is it's always tough is, to talk about. Yeah, which is what he's doing right now. He's fighting for his life, and so I have to respect that. Um, and then uh, last but not least, Deshaun Watson wasn't traded at the deadline, and I'm just gonna say the one thing. And then I'm not going to talk about it anymore is that thank God, because I'm tired of hearing about it and pretty tired of talking about it. So, yeah, part of me, part of me wanted to see him get traded to the Dolphins just to see how that would shake up. But I mean, I agree. I'm kind of glad that it's it's over and done with. And yeah. I'm also kind of glad that uh, Miami seems to be giving Tua a little bit of a chance. Maybe I think he still deserves a little bit more time before they completely give up on him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm happy with yeah. it. Good six months with no Deshaun talk. Very much looking forward to it. All right. All right. Let's hit some love it or loathe it. Let's do it. Uh, you want first or me? Yeah, I'll go uh, I'll go first up. Okay. Islam Makechev uh, took Hasbulla to UFC 267 while Dan Hooker had Abdul on his side. That's hilarious. I love this. Um, this was kind of one of the – this wasn't the biggest fight of the weekend, but Islam Makachev is a huge name to look out for in the lightweight division. He he has Khabib in his corner. He has people believing that he's the next champ. And to see him with Hasbula was one of the most unexpected things ever because Islam is a very quiet and reserved fighter. doesn't really do too much in the media. And so to see him taking part in this kind of like TikTok trend per se with Hasbula versus Abdul... Love was Hasbula. pretty funny. I love Hasbula. Yeah, I'm Team Hasbula, so you know everybody is. Yeah, I was about to say I don't really know the other kid as much. I just know him as Hasbula's enemy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the it still freaks me out that he's 18. <laughs> still freaks me out. Uh, okay, next up we got. Kenneth Walker III is now first place in the Heisen race after a five-touchdown performance. I'm going to love this one as well because 
I think it's nice to see a running back getting some credit because coming into the preseason, all of the focus was on the quarterback, Spencer Rattler, Matt, you know, not Matt Coral as much, but, um, you know, Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, DJ Ugabuga, all those guys. And now the running backs like Kenneth Walker, Sean Tucker are shining. And it's I'm glad to see Walker get the recognition. And I hope a running back wins it, honestly. Bryce Young still has a chance, though. Um, Totten Hotspur sacked Nuno Santo after just four months as manager. Uh, appointed Antonio Conte two days later. That's that was wild to me when I saw that. Yeah. So I, ironically, as an Arsenal fan, I'm I'm gonna loathe it because just as a as a soccer fan in the grand scheme of things, yes, Tottenham was struggling, but to fire a manager after just four months is pretty harsh. Uh, I don't I don't think he had enough time. But I do think that Antonio Conte, their new guy, is is a much better hire. He has much more experience in the Premier League. But I'm going to loathe it for the fact that it was too early of a decision. Also, we skipped one with the Manning cast. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I just want to say, like, I've heard that European soccer fans are crazy about, like, firing managers quickly as soon as they don't produce results. That It is kind of a thing. You're right. It, it happens rather quickly. Um, sometimes, usually it'll be like one season, but it, it's it's not all too rare for them to get fired mid-season like, you know, Nuno just did. It's crazy. Uh, the Manny cast has a, a curse. Week one was Russ and Travis Kelsey. They both lost in week two. Week two was Gronk. He lost to the Rams in week three. Gronk also got hurt in that game. And then uh, week three was uh, Matt Stafford, then lost the Cardinals in week four. I'm going to I'm gonna love this one just because I think it's one of those random coincidences that gives us as media people something to talk about and speculate on for no apparent reason other than just yeah. because we can. Uh, I, I think it's kind of just funny to see it pan out the way it has. Will it continue? I don't know. Will it be the next Madden cover curse? I doubt it. But it's something to look out for. Yeah, the Madden curse has really gone away the past couple of years. Although yeah, nobody's really talking argument, about it lately. Could make the argument for Pat Mahomes this year. Maybe Tom Brady sucked the life out of him when they had their photo shoot together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that was a weird cover too. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. So switching over to you, the University of Texas special teams coach Jeff Banks had his girlfriend's pet monkey attack a trick-or-treater on halloween and had to have the monkey's jaws pried off of the kid holy shit that's uh this is crazy so like, what the fuck i i love it it's a it's a <laughs> it's a stupid story so his girlfriend is a former stripper that also appeared on jerry springer she's known as pole assassin nice lovely um, name Banks made a statement defending the monkey, saying the kid went near its enclosure. And um, and this guy isn't some random head coach either. He's actually been in the mix for like some head coaching jobs. Um, so this is definitely a reason not to hire him as a head coach because he's a fucking nut. Um, anyone who dates a stripper is uh, a little wild. Oh, he left his family for her too. That makes it better. Yeah, oh, honestly, even better, dude. Yeah, left his so, wife and kid for her. For pole, sorry, honey and child, I don't love you anymore. I'm in love with pole assassin. It's pole underscore assassin for life, baby. Get it tatted. 
He probably already does. He probably has like a boner garage. Or no, she's got boner <laughs> garage and he's got uh, no regrets. Dude, I saw too one of his one of the UT players tweeted, I want a pet monkey. And then he tweeted back and said, No, you don't. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, the Las Vegas Raiders release Nathan Peterman. I loathe it. End of an era. The Peterman will probably not get another NFL job. Greatest NFL quarterback of all time. One of. All righty. And then last but not least, Marcus Smart calls out his teammates, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, saying that everybody knows to stop those guys and they have to pass but are refusing to. Yeah, wow. This is uh, – I'm going to loathe it. But, yeah, interesting. The Celtics look like they're crumbling right now. I, I genuinely think that they're not – they're going to miss out on the playoffs. I don't even see them as a top eight seed, which is crazy. Might be right. Yeah. All right. Well – that's all we got. I'm actually curious. I really am about to go hop on and watch this World Series game because no way it's really about to just end tonight with a, a Braves shutout. No way. Oh, and the Braves, are they have two on base and they're at bat again? Oh, my God, bro. It's coming to Atlanta. All right. Well, that's all we got for today's episode. Thank you all that tuned in and watched till the end as always. We will be back. We actually might have a little bit of a schedule change on Thursday because um, my work schedule will change. So we may have to do it a little bit later. Elijah forgot to mention that. So we'll we'll figure that out and then uh, post on our Twitter and whatnot our official plan for our next live stream. But regardless, we will be back on Thursday live on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter for another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. So thank you all for listening. Elijah, any uh, last-minute comments? Oh, I'll see y'all guys on Thursday. All righty, peace.